Or not. It's it's probably close enough for government work. Close, yeah. It will this is not government funded. But <laughs> it's not funded. This isn't funded. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Riley funded. If yeah, anything. if anything. If anything. <laughs> piece of equipment being the mixer or the recording or whatever you want and somebody keeps buying alcohol so well somebody also keeps yeah also (laughs) (laughs) produced by executive producer riley Uh, i'm not really the producer you're the producer yeah that's true well, executive producer isn't really a producer. You're just the guy who buys everything. I think that's and tells how it works. What it be, tells people what to do. Yes. And that is sort of what I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Don't base see. boost us into oblivion. Yeah. I, uh, are, are we, are we base boosted? I like, I like we, that sound. He wants the NPR sound. And I'm like, no, it's just so inorganic. We don't sound like I, that. I found a happy medium, I think, with the Yeah, I mean, setup. a little bit of that is good. Mm-hmm. But it just sounded so overproduced. Yeah. I and that's like not that, something you want. Fair. We'll we'll roll with that. Um, but we just established you and the executive producer. Like we don't want this to sound overproduced. Mm-hmm. Can't be overachievers or anything like that. I mean, no. I don't base my sense of self worth as a child around what my accomplishments were or anything. <laughs> I mean, you're assuming I had accomplishments to base myself worth on. No, I'm talking <laughs> about myself here. Oh. You said that into an unplugged mic. That's right. So and what? You will never know what I said. <laughs> all two of you in the audience. That <laughs> That'll be a mystery for you to piece together through a long and complex piece together the mystery a, a long and complex series a, like an arg we set up to learn what riley said and that a complex mystery you have to get into the palladian papers deep lore <laughs> <laughs> explore the wiki just to make sense of anything we're imagine saying. if we had our own wiki we could make our own wiki we could and it could be very amusing a could reference we- wiki <laughs> for like when we say a phrase <laughs> that actually would be a terrible idea <laughs> Someone would have to go through and actually do it. But yeah, but if somebody wants to, be our guest. Be our I'm, I'm sure. Be I'm sure one of the guest. two of you has enough time in your hands. <laughs> yeah. So if Riley says "straginoi," then Can you'll know exactly. And so on. In memoria degli antichi, siamo uniti tra di noi. Oddly enough, that's a bit of foreshadowing right there. A little bit, yeah. For for the the zero of you who get that reference, you'll understand. But for the rest of us, we're going to talk about it. Unless you watch Italian YouTubers. Unless you watch Italian YouTubers who do um, content specialized around a particular game. Yep. That we may or may not be talking about today. That we may or may not have talked about. (laughs) <laughs> up until this point almost the beginning of every episode and yet ironically the last couple regardless i feel like i'm g- I'm coming to the end of my season two arc <laughs> Wait, what? 
that's always been something that I've never quite understood is how podcasts have seasons. Is like, that maybe just the way people choose to produce them? Like it might be, but like, you know, oh, this is too big of a number. We're just gonna roll over now. Mm. I do, <laughs> like how it's or mm. just have the big numbers and show how long you've been around. Right. It's season one, episode four hundred. <laughs> then you have to know how long a season is. Either you have to have a consistent season duration, or you have to have everyone memorize how long a season is. Well, like. That and um, each of your individual ones are rather. Mm -hmm. If you want to take a break, then just like queue up several episodes, and then while those are airing, take your break. It depends on your podcast and the sort of stuff you cover, I suppose. But yeah, the whole season structure doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either, because like, I don't know. I, there are certain podcasts where it might make sense. Ones sure. that are more like storytelling based. Mm -hmm. sure that, like, like i could see or, or like mike rolls like that's how i heard it podcast that's not, that's not really like a you know a, it's pretty short with a thread of continuity to no that's true episode of our episode that's true um there was this podcast early on my dad used to listen to um uh, where this guy was telling you know stories about growing up and or like different like life stories. He was kind of a good storyteller. Um, it was kind of entertaining. That had like a season structure to it, and I don't really understand why. But it was like early, early podcasting days. I don't know how long it's been a thing, but it was like 2008, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. So there was only a handful of people doing that sort of thing back then, and they thought it would. I think that people thought it would die out when stuff switched over to smartphones. But psych. We're not going oh, anywhere. It's never it's actually been better. Yeah. And it's just exploding. Because the convenience, I think, well, part of it too is the convenience of. You can't really watch YouTube videos at work, but you can listen to a podcast. Because mm -hmm. they'll play on other whitelisted platforms that you can. Well, YouTube's to. white. Like, nothing's blacklisted at my work. Not even yeah. Twitch is blacklisted. I'm the only one in my office at my new job who isn't blacklisted on social media sites because I need to use them. And so uh -huh. that's kind of fun. They were, my coworkers were bugging me because there was this address from the governor about something or other. And I was watching it because it was relevant to the type of work I do, um, about stuff for the fall. And, <laughs> and they were like, how come you can watch it on your computer? And I, it's not, it's not even showing up on mine. I was like, Oh, it might be because they're doing this through Facebook live. <laughs> Hmm. It's like that explains it, but yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been uh, kind of interesting being a working man again for almost a full work week after three months of squalor it's and such a lonely and empty house without you here playing Minecraft, <laughs> <laughs> making absolutely no noise whatsoever, and over and building basically acting as though I don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> In my cupboard under the stairs. Do you actually sit under the stairs? We have a cupboard under the stairs. No, he doesn't get the reference. Uh, well, it's Harry Potter, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, like, I, I, you could almost I, why would a I? little nook. If there weren't a bunch of junk in there. True, yeah. There's I a, actually might. <laughs> but um, I kind of miss it, but then it's like money's kind of nice. Yeah, money so, yeah, it does tend to be a thing that... Even if I was picking up freelancing stuff here and there. 
Um, it's going to be interesting. The place I'm working, they've never had a marketing coordinator before, so I'm picking up a bunch of threads that were held by other people and bringing it all into one thing. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting and like also an enormous, awful mess that I have to sort out. But that's why they hired me. That's why I'm there. So, But, man... That what? Bishop Fulda means for oh Diocese of Fargo teens <laughs> is a meme page we should really start. Yeah. <laughs> Just have the the profile picture be that super zoomed in Bishop Fulda when he was meeting with Pope Francis. <laughs> 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 I got to find that. I was going to post it. <laughs> and it's not as if, like, we respect the heck out of Bishop. It's more out of, like, how cool he is. That He's it's... just such a fun guy. Yeah, man. That video I found today was Wait, pure is that gold. Was like on the computer? Or no, what? it was like it was like on like there's this guy who does a lot of their videos, and it was they have like a fundraising like auction every year, and I think one of the years it was Star Wars themed, and somehow they got him to dress up as a Jedi. They got our bishop to dress up as a Jedi and, and it was stand like the against. Most... It was it must have been like a green screen because there was like yeah. the council chamber from yeah. the prequels <laughs> yeah. as the background <laughs> yeah it was i was and this was like a clip sh- this was like a highlight reel of like and then there's bloopers and different things in there too and i was like wait, wait wait where's the original video i was trying to find it but i was just like what did he say it was just so like wait <laughs> what <laughs> i love you show me like this three second clip and i'm like what <laughs> Yeah, it's, I was like, hold on, I rewound it, that little clip, because that's how long the video clip was. I right. rewound that, like, several times, like, what, what is, what, <laughs> how, who, why did, huh? <laughs> I love this. This that's is my new that. favorite I thing. I love this. This is my new favorite thing. Uh, and to think, like, I did a talent show comedy routine with Star Wars bits in it, and Bishop Folda was there, but... <gasps> This is also four years after whenever that was that, that he made the video, I think. Anyway, fun stuff. Fun <laughs> stuff. Uh, what a bishop. Um, yeah. Stuff. Speaking of fun stuff. Speaking of fun stuff. Speaking of what these guys call fun. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Palladian Papists. I am James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. And plot twist, we are talking about... Dark, Dark Souls. Souls this week. Finally. Just pretend so you guys like, can stop having to hear about it every week. In well, I mean, we, we might well, continue to bring it up. Yeah. Until so. we do the next Dark Souls game, which Press will probably X to be doubt a while. that this won't come up again. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a bit before I get around to another one. I'll want to play through the it's first one. We will be. more than likely do Dark Souls 3 at some point once I finish it. Hmm. Bit. I suppose because you, you haven't completed that playthrough yet, have you? No. And I might try and find a platform. Is Dark Souls 2 worth talking about? Yes, but not outside of the context of Dark Souls 1. Okay. Neither is 3, for that matter. Mm. The the story of Dark Souls 2 is pretty brilliant, and we're going to touch on it here and there today. Sure. Because there's... Yeah, we'll get into that. All right. Well, where do we want to start? Well, I think we want to start at the beginning. And in the beginning. And in the beginning, (coughs) as far as we know, there were... The world as it was known was basically just gray. Everything was unchanging. There was no disparity. There were dragons with stone scales that lived forever. And like a bunch of rocks and, and, and stone a bunch trees of trees. And there stuff. were arch trees that were 
just gray trees and the sky was gray and the ground was gray and everything because was gray. Because this is mid-2000s and that's how video games looked. It was the early 2010s. Yeah. But none of that is actually appears in the game because yeah. the first flame appeared. <coughs> oh. And the first flame brought with it disparity. So there was light and dark, heat and cold, life and death, where there wasn't before. Everything was mediocre. What is this newfound complexity? Everything was unchanging before, but fire brought with it disparity and change. And in the first flame, there were these four great souls. The first was... Um, well, these aren't in any particular order, but... In the cutscene in the opening, the first one we see is Nito, who is the How first... Is that spelled? N-I-T-O. Yeah, that's Nito. what I thought. Not N-E-A-T-O. <laughs> <laughs> Nito. <laughs> he is like... I was the first guy who ever died. Neat. It's like a Pokemon. Except like he Nito. wasn't. He was just... He, he found a soul, and that magically turned him into a skeleton blob. Because that's oh, cool. what souls do. That's what souls do. <laughs> yes. But then there was the Witch of Isolith, who was good at doing fire. There was Gwyn, who was the Lord of Sunlight. And the furtive pygmy, so easily forgotten. I mean, he is intended to be easily forgotten. Yes. Uh, and most people do, in fact, easily forget him and don't even realize that he exists. Because you don't run into him for a while. Not directly. You do in the DLC, but we'll get there. So with these four great souls and the newfound powers that accompanied them, these great lords challenged the dragons. And they were able to defeat them by using their particular talents to remove the things about the dragons that made them immortal, namely uh, their scales. With a little help from a jealous, scaleless dragon. Who yes, was there like, was Why one, do you guys get to be immortal? There was one scaleless dragon, and of course the scales are the things that make them immortal. So he didn't have them, and he was jealous. Gimme. So he betrayed all of his dragon brethren and helped the lords kill him, kill all of the dragons. And thus, that began the Age of Fire, which Gwyn was effectively the ruler over. Mm -hmm. So in the Age of Fire, all of these beings that were born of fire were very powerful, like the Witch of Isolith and Gwyn especially. And it was all great, and they built a nice giant kingdom, and it was all pretty and great and lovely. But the flame began to fade uh, and when the flame began to fade so did the power of the lords and so basically at this point everyone started to panic uh, what and they tried to do things that if would extend the age of fire because they were so that was that was what good was mm -hmm. good equals fire fire equals good we mm -hmm. can't have the fire going away no so they made a bunch of decisions that would effectively try to extend the Age of Fire. Because what would happen after the Age of Fire ended is that the beings of Dark would come to be in power. Much as the Age of Fire had in the first place. And that's basically where we start the game. With that knowledge. Don't let the fire go out. That, well, that you, don't, you don't really know that at the beginning. Hmm. You come to the realize you know that the flame is fading. Who do you play as? You play as an whoever you want to be, more or less. It's not a named it's not a character. particular person. It is a role that your character fills. I yes. see. 
you are the chosen undead. So you enter the game in the Undead Asylum, which is this place far off to the north where they bring all of these accursed undead who effectively, they have this curse that prevents them from dying. Mm-hmm. They are they are not able to die, and they slowly just go insane over time, without a strong sense of purpose or sufficient humanity to sustain them. Or when they get tired of dying over and over. Right. <laughs> As reasonably one might. Mm-hmm. So you come in, and you're in a jail cell, and some dude, just in the skylight, kind of... Hey, hey, hey there. What you doing? You want this hey, key? Little, you want this key to get out of your cell? <laughs> I got a nice little key. <laughs> so that you get the key, turn. you get out, and you learn how to do Dark Souls on the Go floor. Go whack some things. Yes, I would like you. Would you like a sword or an axe? That's too bad. You're going to get a broken street <laughs> <Where did this laughs> come from? I, See, when you said, like, in the skylight, I just imagined, like, a dude just, like, with his that's, arms that's up, like, <laughs> pressing against the glass of the sky, like, looking no, down. No, I mean, it's not really skylight. It's more it's like a, a hole, hole in, in the, the ceiling. ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> close enough. Anyway. <laughs> Throw me the shoelace, please. You waltz in there. There's a big scary demon that you can't beat, so you run away. And then you find your things that are good and cool that mm-hmm. make you whatever class you are and then you go beat the the, the big boss what are the what are some of the classes you can choose from you could be i i mean it's not important we don't need Th- to enumerate things but there's just a lot there's, there's you know standard you fantasy game you can have any manner of bludgeoning slashing or chopping weapons you design thief knight mm-hmm. mage cleric pyromancer the, there's just the whatever standard kind of weapons RPG you want fair. to mm-hmm. whatever weapons you want to primarily use is what you pick sure so, after you do that, you go outside the asylum and get picked up by a giant raven and brought to the Firelink Shrine. I don't know what that was. That was like a raven noise, but not... No, it wasn't. It might have been a crow. I can't really tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a crow. It was Edgar Allan Poe swooped <laughs> down. <laughs> Somebody's going to do a Dark Souls mod of that. Anyway, sorry. Sidetracked. But Raven picks you up. So when you're in the undead asylum, you come across this the guy who um, dropped the key into your cell, and he got hit by a boulder and he's dying. That explains. And something. he gives you the juice that oh. that heals you. Drink some. And of he this. also says he gives you your first bit of direction. And he says, "Thou who art undead art chosen. He who bringeth the bell of awakening shall know his destiny." Oh. And so that's all you really know about yourself. At this cool point. bells. Like, bell. At Sweet. this point, you only know of one bell. Of one uh-huh. bell. If you talk to the man in blue armor that you encounter right when you get into Firelink Shrine, he will tell you that there are, in fact, two bells of awakening. One upward, one downward. Go. One f- up above in the undead church, oh. and the other far, far, far below. below. At the ruins, at the base of Blight Town. I've played this game too many times. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd <laughs> <laughs> I imagine... So you're, at this point, you are said, go ring bell. Okay. And you're like, okay. So you wander off in whatever direction you please, because that's the sort of game it is. Uh Uh-huh. And you may or may not do some things, and you may may or may not fight certain bosses, but... 
Is it like a semi-open world sort it's of a thing? It's not an open world not- whatsoever, but it is a very interconnected world. Ah. It's interconnected, non-linear, but not open world. Gotcha. So you go around these various areas, beating various enemies, and once you have rung both of the bells, you go back to Firelink Shrine to figure out what your destiny is, because whatever. And stuff. And there's this giant freaking snake with ears looking thing hanging out of a place that used to be just a puddle of water, and you're like, hey, what in the heck is up with that? And then he says, oh, my name is King Seeker Framped. I am here to tell you your destiny, because you rang those bells. Like, oh, that's what I... I'm really sorry. I should calm down. What? That's what he says. Oh, wait. That's (laughs) what He just goes... (laughs) And that's apparently excited noises for primordial serpents. Oh. (laughs) Those are excitement noises. Absolute jubilation, I'm sure. Yes, uh, apparently. (laughs) But... So he tells you that you must go to Enorlando and claim the Lord Vessel. Oh. And you're like, okay, that doesn't mean anything to me, but sure, why not? I'm. This is the only direction I've got, so what the heck? After ringing the bells, there was a cutscene of a door opening, so you go to the door and you go through a whole place. If you talk and to the snaky boy, he tells you that the Sen's Fortress is the only way to Enorlando, and it's full of traps and bad. And you it is indeed full of traps and bad. So you go through Sen's Fortress, you beat the Iron Golem, and then some lesser <laughs> Batwing demons take you to Inner Londo. You have to fight through all the villagers to get to the Iron Golem, and then and then you beat the Iron Golem. And anyway, mm, no. this, it's not this, Minecraft. Is, this is very not Minecraft. I know. <laughs> After you get in Inner Londo, you fight some more enemies, and you do some more things. Mm-hmm. And you come upon the boss, and you beat the boss, and you go up to Guinevere, who is the daughter of Gwyn. And she's like, oh, good, you've come. Here's the Lord Vessel. Not the Holy Grail. Not the Holy Grail. (laughs) (laughs) You get the Lord Vessel. You bring it back to Firelink Shrine, and you place it in the Firelink Altar, which is... And Framped is all like, now go get the four boss souls and bring them here, and it'll open the way to the the king. These uh, these chumps have outlived their usefulness. We just go kill them. Are these the lords? These some of them are. Some of them, <coughs> two of them are lords. Uh-huh. You fight. You fight Nito, who is one of the lords, and you fight the Witch of Isleth, who is another one of the lords. Mm-hmm. And the um, the, the other two are soul was split up between two other guys. Oh, uh, well, five other guys. If oh, you're and being a burger and fries. Oh, okay. The the four kings. Oh yes, had <laughs> one of the shards, and Seat the Scaleless, who we talked about earlier, also had one of the shards. I see. So, you got to go and collect all their souls, and then that will be enough to satiate the Lord Vessel, and then you can succeed Gwyn, because that's what your destiny is. You got told that. Oh. Your destiny is to succeed Gwyn. To link yourself to you the don't fire know, and to, keep the Age of Fire going. Yes. Well, they tell you to link the fire. They don't tell you what linking the fire means. Mm. Right. So, you do that. You go beat all the bosses, and... Once you have all those, you go back to the Firelink Altar and offer the souls to the Lord Vessel, and it opens it up. And there's this big giant um, kiln off in the distance that you see. And there's a whole bunch of ash in the way. So something clearly went on fire and burned out. So you have to fight your way up to that, and then the final boss is, surprise, surprise, Gwyn himself. What? So you figure out that... 
you know, linking the fires, perhaps not such a great thing. Because it turned this once proud king into a uh, husk of his former self. Uh-huh. But you beat him, and if you're 99.9% of people, you link the fire. Mm-hmm. Including because me. you don't know anything different. Because the game is designed in such a way that in your first run through, that's... You're kind of just doing what they the tell information. you. Mm-hmm. The little they tell you. The little they tell the you, which is little. precious little. Like, if I could have summarized it in a sentence, I would have said, you ring the bells of awakening, go to Enerlando, you get the Lord Vessel, you beat the four great souls, and you fight Quaid. That's literally the plot summarized. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of twisty turns. The, the evident away, plot, though. I suppose. Yeah. But. But. But wait. But wait, there's more. Da, da, da. Had you done things in a slightly different order, you would have come upon a different primordial serpent oh. named Darkstalker Koth. Oh. And Koth, when you, if you fight the four kings before you place the Lord Vessel, you would come upon him. At which point he tells you that Basically, the cake is a lie. Oh. Hmm. Everything you have done so far is against your best interests. Uh-huh. Linking the fire will continue the age of fire and not, not allow mankind, who is the progenitor of the furtive pygmy, so easily forgotten that we mentioned earlier. Oh. So you're actually him. descendants like of Like not this. a joke, I actually forgot about that guy. Yes, yeah, that's, the, that's point. the whole point. What? It, they, it's, they spent it's the whole game not is talking he, about him. Is he actually cake? No. no. That's that's like the whole thing nowadays. That's the whole thing. Even though those Everything videos have been on cake. the internet for years at this point. Anyway. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, the cake is a lie. Oh. So what you should really do is uh, not. Don't link that fire. Just, uh, you know, uh, walk away. Mm-hmm. After you kill Gwyn, just get out of there. Just, just, just get on that. Get on. Don't do there. it. So he basically tells you that the furtive pygmy sort of broke up. He was the he got the fourth um, great soul that you don't really come across, but you do in a roundabout way, mm-hmm. because he splintered up his soul and gave it to all of the other, you know, kind of primordial creatures who didn't have a soul, mm-hmm. and that's how humanity was born. Oh. So all humans are basically like. They have little fragments of the Dark Soul in them. Oh. Hence the name of the game. Dark Souls. Because the three other souls are... The other three great ones are kind of... They have their unique properties. Gwyn's is the soul of light. Um, Nito's is the soul of death. The Witch of Isolith is the soul of life. So Mm. they all have these properties that kind of are opposite to each other, but yet sort of complementary in a way. Mm -hmm. Sure. But, um, yeah, the Furtive Pygmy was the only one who was, you know, more or less selfless with his soul and allowed other beings to be able to have the same sort of sentience that he did. Because in the opening cutscene, when they're, like, just encountering the first flame, there's all of these beings that look like hollows. Which are, like, the zombie guys that went crazy and lost their humanity and are undead. Uh, so, Are you one of those as the player? Uh, you are, you an, are an undead. undead. Okay. You don't go hollow over the course of the game. You, go, you can get to a pretty darn close to hollow point. And in fact, most people spend most of their game that way. I, I see. In a mostly hollow state. But you don't ever actually like go crazy mm. in, in the game. Well, you, you could and just... 
and just give up. Just give up. That's basically when when off. you put the game down. That's effectively you going hollow. That's pretty meta. It is really. It meta. Is. This entire game is extremely meta. And for its time, especially, it's. It was only 2011. No, but I mean, like other games probably weren't thinking on that level. No, I'm in sure. In terms of game weren't. design, but particularly large AAA games. Yeah, so that's what made it stand out at the time, I suppose. Yeah. Also, it's hard as spheroids. Right. It is hard as spheroids. So that made it stand out. But anyway, um, in the DLC, you encounter um, a couple of people who've been name-dropped throughout other things. Um, the Knight Artorius. So effectively, you go back in time to rescue this princess from a distant land. But the land isn't really so distant. That's the whole... That's like the primary premise. But... There's this knight who is one of Gwyn's most trusted knights. His name is Artorius, who was sent to go kind of stop the abyss in Ulusil, which mm-hmm. is this ancient city. And he failed. And he failed pretty miserably. And he was effectively corrupted by the abyss and turned into a dark being. You know, because he didn't have any darkness within him, he couldn't withstand it. That's what the Elizabeth Mushroom tells you. The what? The Elizabeth, Elizabeth the Mushroom. Oh. There are Elizabeth (laughs) Mushrooms. There is like, in real life, there's Elizabeth Mushrooms. Like, that's Uh, a variety of mushrooms. But Elizabeth the Mushroom. Yes, Elizabeth Mm -hmm. the Mushroom. Who gives you Elizabeth Mushrooms? Hmm. Because they're a useful item. But anyway, (laughs) Elizabeth the Mushroom tells you that Artorius had no dark in him and therefore succumbed to it. So you effectively got to stop the abyss in his place. So you go and you become kill. the Hollow Knight. You don't become Hollow Knight. <laughs> you, you are a knight. You do kind of go hollow, but this is a different game. <laughs> Apparently. 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 <laughs> <laughs> On the surface, anyway. Yeah. Um, you go and you kind of work your way down into Ulusil to figure out where the abyss is coming from, and then you find the, the primordial abyss, as it were. And there's these kind of black sprites kind of wavering around and you know they look awful lot like the humanities that you carry around which leads you to believe that these are kind of the soul fragments of primordial humans or what could make humans they weren't like occupying a body yet so mm-hmm. they're just kind of shards of the dark soul and eventually you get down to manus the father of the abyss who most people speculate is the furtive pygmy. He's this big, scary abyss dude, and he's extremely hard. Hmm. But beat him, and you rescue the princess, and hooray. That's kind of it. That's the story. In much more detail than it really needed to be. but Or that the game would tell you... Uh, <laughs> more detail the, than the, the game. The game would tell you outright. Yeah. So. Hopefully cool you learned things. something. So, cool things. Nathan, I would like to get your thoughts as a first-time player having finished the game relatively recently. As a first-time player having finished the game relatively recently, what are the cool things about the game that I liked? Well, for one thing, I I rather enjoyed the challenge and the kind mm-hmm. of challenge it provided. It, 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 is no, no, it is notorious for being a hard game. But it's not like... It's not always blatant, dumb, unfair. cheap... It is always very fair, right? 
it's the sort of thing where when you're fighting a boss and after you've you know died initially figuring out what the heck it even does every time afterwards i feel like every time i died it was because i did something wrong or i was missing something mm-hmm. usually the bosses weren't such that i felt like they were poorly designed and were being dumb and so i like i felt a great satisfaction when i could put together a plan that kind of works one time and then i iterate and it almost works another time then i iterate again then i finally win by the by one shred of health and it's like yes mm-hmm. that that uh I, I like that sense of accomplishment and the satisfaction of like the just mm-hmm. one part puzzle solving one part execution yeah yeah and take that kind of boss fight idea and extrapolate it to pretty much the whole map. You're mm-hmm. exploring this large, mysterious, interconnected world that loops back onto itself. And every time you find a shortcut, you're like, aha, I know where this is. Uh, you're tiptoeing forward a little by little to make sure you don't run into every enemy. But like later in the game, when you backtrack to that area, you just blast through there because A, you're higher level and have better gear, and B, you just know the layout and where everybody is. And you can just kind of run past everyone. Yeah, because... Or just can, smack them. Or just... Yeah. Yeah. So... So I like the uh, the progression in that way. The, of course... It's very iterable and very discoverable. Like, you can come at it with a... You know, work over it and analyze your mistakes and come up with a better solution. Understand the tells of different enemies' attacks be able to avoid them consistently and it's always the same if you stimulate the right conditions ever the outcome will be the same every time right it doesn't feel random or arbitrary uh i and also even when you're going into new places and you've never experienced it as long as you are good at like the controls and know what you're doing there and kind of are in the right mindset of uh expecting the unexpected you can get quite a ways without uh before you die of course and you will die quite a bit right yeah that's kind of the meta of the game right you just die and try again also um i rather liked the way they implemented the leveling up system some games when you're when you level up your items or your stuff it can feel kind of arbitrary when you cross the various thresholds and then what they choose to level up if they don't let you choose but i like how in this game you defeat the enemies and you collect their souls or like soul points and you use those in, when you level up or when you buy your gear so you have this one resource that you collect that really applies to everything and it's up to you to choose how and where you spend them and i like that that amount of control and that amount of strategy i can put into my character um but also it's a great amount of risk because if you've just got a metric crap ton of of souls on you waiting for to get to the next bonfire and you die you lose them in like a little puddle of blood and glowiness yeah and then you have to travel back to that area and get it again and if you died there well that means there's something there that killed you <laughs> yeah so most of the time you gotta rush grab it and then hope just you don't yoink, die with the, it. the big monster <laughs> yep so gameplay wise, I rav- I very much enjoyed it. it Snake was... people on ladders. Snake people on ladders. Yes. <laughs> They'll just bap you in the head. This is other things that can climb ladders. 
after interact you. or have interesting interactions. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. kind of punch each other and they'll kick you if you're above them. Just kind of get in a, a wet noodle fight or you do three damage to each other <laughs> until someone falls off. Uh-huh. Probably you. Yeah, <laughs> probably you. So, yeah, I enjoyed the exploration and gameplay. Um, also, visually, it was pretty pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing the original on 360 on his whatever. I, there was a remastered version that apparently looks and runs better. But even for a 2011 game, it holds up really well. It's got a nice nice art style. That's it's got the forefront, a I nice suppose. use of color. It is a very overall dark color palette game naturally but it is quite diverse it nonetheless. is it is every area is distinct and you can tell when you roll over into a new area each area has its own like color palette and it's some of them are really great the the forest the dark root forest dark was root garden yep dark root garden is really kind of lovely it's even lovelier in remastered i i bet and then, uh, and Orlando is just kind of brilliant and with the architecture Until you and the light. Figure out that that cake is a lie too. Oh. Yeah, and that and that was something you told me. It's like, oh, if I had attacked giant lady, uh, everything would go dark because she's an illusion just to keep me on my false quest. Wow, oh. that's neat. Yes, the lady you get the Lord vessel from is an illusion. The real one ran away a long time ago when she figured out that the kingdom was going to crap. She she bailed. She bailed and. Huh. There's actually Gwyn's son, Gwendolyn, sort of took over keeping people on the quest in in Orlando. (laughs) It's a trap. Is she the... He's a trap. Oh. Well, he was sort of... The illusion person? No, the illusion person is a lady. Uh, Emma? No? No, not Okay. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Are you you trying to say that Emma is an illusion? (laughs) No. Well, I mean... For all we know, <laughs> she could be at this point. No, I mean, um, we have to kill her and find out. <laughs> but not actually. Don't all worry. you have to do is if you, like hit her at all. Like you, no, you, know, you like, can do just, literally one damage to Guinevere and she disappears. Oh, so all we that, need to do is deal one damage to Emma, and we'll know. <laughs> so instead of going, we just poke. Yeah, just poke. <laughs> and she, like, but that's actually kind of another thing you, you touched on. Uh, that this game has a lot of lore that is very indirectly told. And I think it's neat that after my first playthrough, I, was only, I only scratched the skirt surface. I missed an entire area because I didn't whack the right tree. It is... That Ash Lake is so hard to find, though. Like, if you weren't really, really, really scrutinizing it, you would never find it. Okay. How did people find it? People really, really scrutinize it. <laughs> it. It's a scrutinizable game, I tell you what. Huh. Um, be- Th- there is a quest line that leads you down there. Okay. okay. That, the the that helps. Guy. Oh, yeah. And that turns out really sad from what I've looked up on uh, Lassie Vidya's video. Out. That is the uh, the words that describe Dark Souls. That one turns that- out really sad. <laughs> it's like... How was I supposed to know that the giant, uh, half-naked, half-spider woman was actually a really nice big sister that fed her diseased, blind, younger sister humanity so that they could raise their egg kids? So that she literally didn't die. Like, she was on life support, basically. And her older sister was defeating heroes that came along just to keep her sister alive. 
And had I worn the right life. wing when I talked to her, she'd have told, t- told me that and mistook me for her sister and then made me feel all bad for killing her because I wanted to ring a stupid bell and uh, sustain the fire. It's... Don't <laughs> you feel like thing. garbage? It's just full of things like that. That what is it with video games making me feel bad about killing things? Totally subverting. I, right? I don't know. It's Even <laughs> if they're the biggest, meanest, ugliest things, like a giant lava monster that's apparently also their brother, that's also really sad about one of their sisters it's dying, like but she didn't die. She ran away and taught special... me pyromancy. It's yeah, it's and like... I just whacked his knuckles until he died. The lava monster has a special needs kid that. And it is it, working two jobs over time to pay for the medical bills. And don't you feel great about yourself? Man. So it's like, I, I played the game and it, I was clueless to like 99% of everything that was going on. Aren't you a heartless killer? Be- and also there's lots of things that if you don't do them in the right order, you'll never really experience that quest line. Uh-huh. Or not in its fullest. Right. There was more to that one uh, lady and her two paladin knights that got kicked into a hole. There sure was. There was like also a lot more to Mr. Onion Guy and his daughter that I didn't experience. Uh, there was a whole lot more to... There's a whole lot more. There's a whole lot more. It is worth replaying, and I'm very interested to replay it at some point, particularly on a platform that has the DLC. Mm. Does 360 not? It, it does, but I, they didn't I attempted it. to, but it's weird because it's running on an Xbox One and it's emulated, so... Oh. How that works is really weird. I think anyway. I'm either just going to get a hold of Remastered somehow or play my brother's Steam Prepare to Die edition when I get around to it. Mm. Oh, Andrew's played it? Andrew hasn't played it. He just has it. Oh. That is the nature of Steam. That is the nature of Steam. Yeah. I don't so, know when I'm ever going to play Left for Dead. It's not it's really a, a game you game. play for a story. It's a no. game you screw around killing zombies with your friends. Right, yeah. So someday we'll get around to that. So you need friends that have it also. Yeah. But anyway, Dark Souls. Dark Souls. That. So what's up with this curse? What's up with this thing that makes us unable to die and respawn at the bonfires all the time? And, and Solaire made me sad. And Solaire made you sad, too. <laughs> Literally every NPC has the potential to make you sad if you don't do things that... Looks like we're forgotten again. And even the, the, the Lord of Dark ending isn't really the... The good ending, per no, se. and that's the thing. Is there a good ending? No, there is no good ending. That's what you're supposed to come to. the The kind of whole point of the game is you have a whole bunch you of suck. choices. Everything <laughs> you do sucks. Sucks. Every choice you're presented with is a bad choice, and you even but you can't just not choose because that's also a bad choice. Vanity of vanities, everything is vanity. So you've got to kill somebody to make sure somebody else doesn't die, but the other person that doesn't die might go hollow anyway, and then you have to kill them when they're undead. It's just a bunch of sad stuff. And it's really well done. What's up with curses? Like, man... That was more going for the Jerry Seinfeld. Oh. What's, What's up with the there? deal with curses? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well. One might conclude that from the fact that you are essentially a creature who is in nature dark, the fact that you respawn at a bonfire, which is a fire, might seem a little odd to you. And there's this thing called the dark sign, which is basically what brands one as an undead it's the thing that teleports you to the bonfire when you die and makes you drop all your stuff yes 
I so see. that's sort of like the brand that represents the curse. And it's fiery. It's it appears thing. as a ring of fire. Guy Fieri. Anyway, so for one who has been paying attention thus far, that might raise a few alarm bells. Or if you're just listening to the podcast and zoned out, like, wait, what just happened? We're calling Reference you Johnny Cash, what? Consider yourself called out. Listen, pay attention. Give All us both of us. Yeah. So I expect it's, more from the it's two been most of what I'm about to say from the rest of the podcast on the lore perspective is mostly speculation, but it's it's very solid speculation and from people who spend their entire lives making YouTube videos about this, so they Rip. probably know what they're talking about. <laughs> Rip. I mean, if you make, if you have t- two million subscribers just making Dark Souls videos, you're probably doing pretty well for yourself. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, so it's mostly speculated that the Curse of the Undead was something put in place by Gwyn to sort of tether the undead to his bonfires, which are linked to the first flame they're kind of the um representatives around the world for the first flame gotcha as it were so you would notice that when you level up you feed souls to you know, when you sit down at a bonfire you can level up by spending souls there and it stands to reason that you're feeding these souls to the fire to keep it going and likewise when you want to unhollow yourself if you want to become human again you have to offer a humanity sprite to the fire and to kindle it which gives you more healing juice you also have to offer humanity which as we know is a shard of the dark soul which is a very powerful soul so effectively what Gwyn has done is chained the undead to the bonfires to feed his age of fire oh so you're kind of being farmed essentially the matrix yeah. You're a battery. Kind of. And if you look closely at the bonfires themselves, there are swords sticking out of a bunch of bones. There's really not much wood in there or anything. Oh. It's just sword, bones, ash. ash. Yep. <laughs> the sword and the bones. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pull it out, though. No. So that not like further proves the point that you're essentially feeding humankind to the fire to keep it going. So another thing for you to feel awful about. Another thing for you to feel awful about. All of these creatures that you're killing over and over again, you're just helping the Age of Fire perpetuate. But you don't really realize, like, on a first playthrough, but... I didn't. The Age of Fire isn't such an inherently bad thing. Mm. The lords were really, really terrible people. And if they weren't so terrible, the Age of Fire probably wouldn't have been so bad. But they decided to be real dumb and selfish, and that's what caused the world to be in a terrible state. If they hadn't, and they had just let the fire fade, it would have gone to an Age of Dark. And, you know, eventually we would probably be pretty sure that the fire would come back again. Because when, when the fire shrinks down to embers, you can always reignite it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the premise of Dark Souls 2. It's... It exists to wreck, like, tell you that the cycle just perpetuates. You know, from all time, the fire will fade, the dark will rise, and eventually 
someone will come along and relink the fire and start the age of fire again. Uh-huh. And throughout history, that will just repeat and over and over and over and over and over again. So that's kind of where Dark Souls 2 fits into the picture. So it is kind of like the Matrix. It is kind of like the Matrix. Huh. That's There's much more about the story of Dark Souls 2, but that merits its own episode. Right. Yeah, probably. Um, let's see. What else is there? Uh, yeah. And by contrast, the Age of Dark has pretty clear repercussions to it. You know, when you go into the Abyss in the DLC, you encounter these, you know, human sprites. And when you run into them, they damage you. Like, they don't even swing at you. They don't attack you. Just coming into contact with them harms you. Huh. And so, when the world is shrouded in darkness, not it's not necessarily the, the case that humanity will thrive. In fact, when the world is full of dark, it's kind of not so good. Uh-huh. So, you are left wondering, well, what really is the best state for us? What... Is the Age of Fire right? Is the Age of Dark right? You don't really know. But it's clear that neither are especially good in and of themselves. There is no clear favorite. Hmm. And no no Me game wants. takes place in an Age of Dark. None of the Dark Souls games occur in an Age of Dark. And we know that they happen. In Dark Souls 2, it's pretty much confirmed that it just goes back and forth all the time. Gotcha cyclically yes it's Mm -hmm. kind of an eastern way of understanding mythology light and dark and cyclic nature too yeah western mythologies kind of have a linear progression to them where events just progress in a linear fashion Uh whereas in eastern mythologies and you know the game was developed in japan so it's kind of influenced by that sort of thinking it's much more of a cyclic thing Gotcha. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well. I could go on for hours and hours about all of the different individual character storylines and how tragic so many different individual character storylines. And, and you that you don't even really find out enough about them unless you take the time to talk to them. Talk to them over and over. You, like, then you get their like, equipment and read their equipment's descriptions and <laughs> weapons descriptions. Yeah. That's another thing about Dark Souls is that it tells stories through item descriptions. Like, huh. so few other things do that where yeah. it tells you about events that happened and how this person came upon this item. And it tells you about the lands from which they came. Like, the sorceries will tell you. You know, in such and such place in Vinheim, which is the magic land. It's got sort of like a Lord of the Rings thing to it, where like the swords have stories behind them that they use. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. th- little and things like that. And all of these rings and... They're not just objects for utility, they also bear with them significance. There's like historical characters that developed these spells and miracles <coughs> and pyromancies. Yeah. And are... you encounter some of them. Yeah. It yeah. adds depth and... um I suppose it makes the world feel more lived in. Yeah. Yes. After a fashion. Yes. In as much as they can live in an undead world. Well, not everyone's undead. Oh, okay. That's why you come to Lordran in the first place, is if you're undead and you want to find out your destiny. 
in all these surrounding countries, there are still people who aren't. Oh, not I everyone is an undead. Onion guy isn't undead at the beginning of the game, is he? There's a few people that aren't undead at the beginning. Okay, but most of the people you run across are. Because why else would you be in Lord Rand? There's no real reason to come there if you aren't. Makes sense. In fact, it's the only place to go if you're undead. Right. Well. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's Dark Souls. Yeah. What in have we as Catholics to glean from Dark Souls? Truth. Let's start with that. Yeah. Life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ecclesiastes comes. Will never let you off easy and it's going to be awful sometimes there's never and a perfect solution well well there's not never, like but you're going to constantly counter adversity yep and what you do in response to that is what is important yeah and you will always be given an opportunity to get back up every time you fall you will return and have a chance to come back at it again don't you believe may, it. you may feel like you're, you're beating your head against the same brick wall over and over and over again and you just can't dodge that attack i mean <laughs> but yeah in but life struggles that's how it be you know that it can be done right it yeah. is certain that it is possible you just have to put yourself in a position to make it happen yeah and also you can rely on others to help you out Ah, yes, the online feature that I didn't do. Yes, well, you couldn't do on that. <laughs> At uh, this point. Well, no, it's no, like no. you you need to buy Xbox Live to oh, play online. Oh, yeah. On PC, you don't. But Because. Internet. So you can, even some of the NPCs, you can summon to help you out on boss fights. So a character can kind of put down a little thing on the ground that says, hey, I can come help you. Uh-huh. And a lot of the NPCs will be near bosses that they can help you out. It's pretty pretty neat. Hmm. Um, so yeah, get help when you need it. Get help when you need it. Yeah. If you get also good, you can solo. Personal responsibility. There will also be people who friends. invade your life just to mess you up and be mean. Yeah, there are some NPCs that will be just mean to you. But... Mm. Those aren't the ones. Nee. If you decide to spare their lives, they might sell you things. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. don't. I never. I have life, never spared his so life. So you could say this game can be summed up as life is pain, highness. Anyone who tells you differently is selling you something. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess any other elements of truth or should we go on to what goodness there might be in a dark, dark world? Don't always believe your first impression of something. Apparently. Yes. Because it turns out that your first impression was horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. It's and actually not representative of the truth whatsoever. Yeah. I, that's, that's something I really I also really liked about that game because I, right after beating it, I was like half inclined to start over and try doing something a little different. Start with a different class, do things in a different order. And if you do that enough, you would have come across the other information at some point. Over enough iterations. So, yeah. But make sure you find all that information. And also, don't believe the second thing you hear. (laughs) Because the second thing is in opposition to the first thing. And you have to analyze both critically. Yeah. Critical thinking. You you start off doing one thing, and then you pendulum swing the other way, and neither of them are really good. 
you got to find the the balance in the middle virtue is the middle yeah. of extremes exactly bet you didn't think a game like dark souls would be so dark souls is a very virtue building experience oh yes <laughs> i i i didn't swear not much anyway uh, <laughs> uh, can only imagine james trying to play. Uh, i had swore playing wind waker that was the game that, <laughs> that was no joke the game that broke me i i would be like oh shoot shoot crap no dang it no uh, that and wasn't my experience the, watching you play uh play bioshock but well you saw me play luigi's mansion I well imagine. yes yes yeah but yeah it was wind waker that broke me anyway anyway goodness goodness there's lots of relationships that you make with some of the characters and like you have the opportunity to save everyone from hollowing. Hmm. If you don't, they will all go hollow. Everyone you ever come across will end up as a broken husk of their former selves. Goodness. Well, it, I don't think you can save everyone. Uh, yeah, I, I think the I crestfallen think... you can't save, but you can save the vast majority of the kind of vendor NPCs you come across. Hmm. Yeah. So if you have and forethought, you can help people along their journeys and continue to find help them find purpose in their lives so they don't give up. Makes sense. Um, beauty. As previously stated, the diversity of areas and aesthetics that Dark Souls presents is pretty unparalleled in games that i've ever played well and like the how interconnected and yes and that's oh, another yes. thing that that's I just probably go, more of a unit i just thing. go mm, when they oh, yeah. shortcut that brings me back so to a tasty. place where it's just like it's just so brilliant the and way it, this world is all put together and then every like individual ancient city you go to has like completely different architecture and a whole culture kind of feel mm-hmm. to it with everything mm-hmm. and so good I want to yell. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I suppose the, um, well, and then you guys mentioned too how they managed to have a lot of diversity in, in like use of color, despite it being kind of a darker color palette. They still oh, managed yeah. to make yeah. good use of that. Lost also, Isolith is one of my favorite areas in the game. Which is kind of rare for a game of that era, at least a 3D yes, game. It's very lava-y mm-hmm. for the vast majority of it. And especially in remastered, it just glows and it's so nice. If nice. You, you, I just like turn my camera up and look at the ceiling, and just like look at all the <laughs> so lava pretty. dripping around and all of the like rocks and crystals and stuff there. I'm like, this is so freaking cool. Another thing about the diversity of each area is, they there, there was a large diversity of enemies also, mm-hmm. and some enemies only get used in a couple areas for a couple little scenarios. But they're like designed with the rest of the area in mind, so they're very aesthetically fitting. Sure. And they're all they're all really cool designs or creepy designs or so I think that was another thing I appreciated. They they did reuse a lot of the more standard enemies, your your standard hollow skeletal guys and uh-huh. stuff, but skeletal. They they aren't skeletons, but they are very skeletal. Ah. Uh. There are there are skeletons and they're a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're not going to spoil the the way to make them not a nightmare for you. Yeah, you, you figure that out. On your There's own. these rolly skeletons too that are the absolute They're like, worst. Bring out I, the I, droidicus. I hate the droidicus skeletons. I tell you what, <laughs> they grind through Dude. your shield. 
but like, they only show up in like two areas, and they're a really unique enemy. And it's kind of kind of neat the diversity they but have. They're also such a pain where they, they where they appear because they're like long corridor areas, or like they come out of the or dark. the painted world where it's just like there's one every column in the room, and, and there's it's just like, like dark, six, and you can't see them. You can't they can see, see you. You can see one of them through a skylight in the way back, <laughs> but you wouldn't have known that there were five others in in the in the path to get there. Oh goodness. <laughs> But yeah, that that kind of a tangent from the beauty point. But I, I just really appreciated the enemy and uh, diversity that fit with every area. Yes, it's How's very. The it's so diverse, almost that it, in some way, defies reason. Like, hmm. how on earth do you go from a lush garden to a lava pit? In like, you go down one elevator. <laughs> Take the bathosphere and you're in a different place. Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, Unity then. There's a lot. There's. It sounds like there's not really a, like everything ha- serves a, a purpose for the greater game. Yes. To the larger whole, as it were. It is, it is united in its desire to remind you that everything sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like even like the little things like the game mechanics have an expo- in in world explanation. Yeah, like the, you, you, the dying and respawn loop is like an actual part of like it's a, literally a fundamental piece of the lore. Yeah, the mm-hmm. the gameplay <clears throat> loops. It's just so brilliantly constructed, and, and every item fits into the world with its little descriptions and ev- all all that stuff. Uh huh. And very cohesively designed too. Mm-hmm. It's just the the world, the level, it layout, everything feels really intentionally placed to serve the greater experience that is Dark Souls. Neat. Imagine if our podcasts were that meta. How so? Like I don't know. Like what? Where's I don't some... think we're capable of being that meta. No, I think but the I whole, don't think the whole were. point that we our format doesn't lend itself to the that, reason we no. exist is to make plain obscurity in video games yeah, and various forms of media. So that's it's sort true. of counterintuitive to why we exist. Yeah, that's true. And Plato would not have it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. How do they know that actually this whole time they need to be listening to the podcast backwards and we have completely hidden messages? <laughs> we don't. Don't. Please. <laughs> well, That's something to add to the wiki. Yeah. <laughs> hey, full circle. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for listening to another episode, the one where we actually talk about Dark Souls, the first game. I mean, there's going to be other Dark Souls games yet to cover. We'll get around to those after a while. Yep. Which we'll probably talk them. about in the prologue. Maybe we'll get you to play some of one in the meantime. We'll see what I have time for anymore. It's kind of it's kind of sad. But in a good way. Like, I'm glad I have money and no time. Wait. Time is money. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll All catch two you. of you. All, All two of you. Of you. You're, the, you're the best pair. As far as we're concerned, well, anyway, um, we will talk to you again with another episode next week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, not we don't have Instagram, but email us at palladianpapis.gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, complaints. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Follow us on social medias. Share our podcast with somebody you think would enjoy it or somebody who needs to listen to it regardless. Um, Yeah, we will catch you later. Bye. Bye.
peace. Mm-hmm.